uh, just record and then I'll do an intro. I'm recording. Hello, and <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting you to bite into it as I spoke. It makes sense because I can just cut you half of the audio out, but uh, <laughs> it took me by surprise. <laughs> okay, eat your carrot. You said it was fine. Yeah, I've changed my mind. Eat your carrot. <laughs> Why did you pick a carrot? That's the snack item I have. going to be the best podcast opener ever. <laughs> Do you want to chew into the microphone, please? <laughs> Is that better? You almost done? I have. You want to give us a what's up, Doc? No. <laughs> I did not stoop to that level. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Being Honest with My Ex. My ex is SJ, better known as Honor Eastley. <laughs> My ex is Peter C. Hayward. And I have spent the weekend with our listener, Andy. Do you remember Andy Aronson? Yeah. Yeah, I just had the weekend. Uh, he lives in Indianapolis and he invited me to a con, so I went and stayed at his house and just had a delightful time hanging out with him for a weekend. What's a con? A con is a convention. Uh, so it was a board game convention uh, in which I advertised... Uh, I was there to run a Central Tactics tournament and also advertised my Kickstarter, which by the time this comes out will definitely be over. Uh, but if it's not, go to scuttlegame.com and check out my Kickstarter. I mean, if you're interested, you can also just go there. Yeah, it's a, it's a good little site. Like, you might be a person who's like, I really hate Peter and I want to see how much he's failing at his game. <laughs> and you will be disappointed. I'm, honestly, I can imagine being that person. Yeah, no, I get that. And Can you tell me? Oh my weird... God, holy shit. You're like nearly at 25 grand. Yes. That's great. I looked the other day and it was at 17 grand. Yeah, it's been averaging almost exactly $1,000 a day. It hasn't been 24 days. No, the first three days were crazy because Kickstarter, the first three days are always crazy. And then since then, sorry, I should say, during the part which is normally the lull, the really slow part, it's been climbing by $1,000 a day. That's amazing. It's really exciting. You know, last time you mentioned that, you know, you did the video and it took you no time at all. And I was like, I haven't watched the video. <laughs> Have you even backed it? I haven't watched the video on your Kickstarter. Have you backed the Kickstarter? I also have not backed the Kickstarter. <laughs> Thank you for your support. <laughs> I mean, okay, if you were me, what level of backing would you give to this game? One dollar. Like really only one dollar? Yeah, it's super helpful. The more backers you have, uh, the Kickstarter algorithm is like, man, people like this. Oh. Like if you want the game, pledge uh, $24 US, but I don't think you want the game. There is no $24 option. No, it is a $14 option plus $10 postage to Australia. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, I don't want the game. <laughs> I know you don't want the game. That's why I suggested the $1 pledge level. <sighs> so, I've been asked to write an article about doing this podcast with you. Mm -hmm. This just reminded me because the article, they wanted me to talk about what I've learned about relationships from doing this podcast. What have you learned about relationships from doing this podcast? That was the question I asked myself, weirdly. Um, <laughs> and at first I was like, I don't think I've learned anything. What have I learned? I don't know. People don't like Peter. <laughs> That's not really learning about relationships. Also, you knew that before we started. Yeah, no, 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 no. I knew that, but I didn't, I hadn't yet had it verified by a bunch of strangers. <laughs> <laughs> so that... <laughs> I would count that as something that maybe not 
learned, but verified for sure. Yeah, but that's not about relationships. It's not about relationships. Yeah. So this is why I'm like, what if I what have what have we learned? Well, what I was going to say, I'm going to finish my other thought before we get onto this. Oh, okay. Is that hanging out with Andy Aronson for a weekend? I've met him twice before, both times for less than five minutes, and we've we've chatted online mostly about this podcast. And when I got there, he felt like he knew me. And I was wondering if you'd ever experienced this, because I've been in his ears for so many episodes, and he's you know he's replied to us on Twitter, being like, "Here's my thoughts on that." And so it has been a conversation, and he's a really cool guy. We got along super well in the real life. But I was just, uh, it, it's happened here. When I, when I came to St. Louis, which is where I'm at the moment, there's two people here who listen to the podcast. And one of them was like, yeah, Peter, don't you remember we were talking about this the other day? And I was like, no, <laughs> no, Maya, we weren't talking about this the other day. I talked about this with SJ in another country two months ago. <laughs> and she was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah it just felt like, because it feels to them like, not to them, like they're a different people, but I know this from listening to podcasts as well. It feels like you're in the conversation. You feels like you get to know the person. And so, yeah, I just wanted to ask before we, uh, before we dived into another topic, do you get that? This happens really consistently. That's why I made that joke that I want my friends to make podcasts so I can keep up with them because a lot of my friends, when I see them, they like begin the whole interaction with, I just have to say, I know that I haven't seen you in two months. It feels like I've seen you every week. But that's actually an element that has happened prior to this podcast because I write about a lot of personal stuff online anyway. Yeah. Obviously, it's really different when it happens with friends compared to when it happens with people that I don't know. It's actually kind of weird if people aren't aware of that dynamic. For instance, the way I like to relate to it is there's this writer who... He has this website called Sometimes Life Is. I'll link to it in the show notes. But he sent me an email and then I like found his website and read this whole big story about this big stuff that happened in his life and car accidents and wow. And the way that he wrote, I was like, this speaks to me deeply on a very deep personal level. And I don't think that I told him this. So I hope he's listening to this. But I was like... You get me so well. I don't care that you're in Amsterdam. I'm going to fly there. Let's get a beer. Obviously, I was like, yeah, that's probably a bit far out. But it was helpful for me to have that process to be like, oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. You know that thing of like really being like, this person gets me. I want to connect with this person. Yeah. And sometimes that can be really intimidating because there's like this weight of expectation. Another writer that I'm friends with, he used to have this job where he would like connect. So you know how celebrities and people who are doing stuff, when they're doing phone interviews, they might have a whole day of interviews back to back. Yep. Like in Notting Hill. Yeah. He would be the guy who would connect all those interviews. He'd be the person on the phone in between the interviews to be like, okay, great. I have this person for you. Um, Christina Aguilera. Next person is from this place. They're going to come on. I'm just putting you through now. Blah, 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 blah. Does that make sense? Yeah. He was talking about the people that... He really admired when he was doing that job with them. He'd always absolutely like the conversation would just go nowhere because as soon as you're like, I'm a really big fan, they'd close up and I can, I'm conscious of it. So I really try not to do it, but I can relate to that instinct. That makes me sound like I'm being like, I'm a celebrity. (laughs) There was one quote from this weekend with Andy that I thought you would particularly enjoy. I I mentally jotted it down, which is that I was talking about this with Andy because I was like, hey, you have a really interesting perspective on this. 
and we were talking, I can't remember how, how the conversation went, but at one point he asked me a question and I was like, honestly, in my head, I've always been famous. Like since I was 15, I've been famous to myself. So having like, cause I, I have, <laughs> I thought you would enjoy that. I feel like as you were saying that you were just like only trudging on with the sentence because <laughs> you were waiting for the moment when I would realize what that actually meant. Before we started recording this podcast, I sat down and, and replied to fan mail because since I've been a writer like online, I get fan mail. And when I was a kid, that was a dream. Like the idea of getting fan mail, oh my God, unbelievable. And, you know, we've just hit 13,000 listens. And that's not a huge number in the scheme of things. But for a new podcast like ours, that's pretty good. Which is essentially like our podcast is about nothing and has very low production values. Exactly. (laughs) And no network. We're not famous already. Yeah. And, you know, my Kickstarter's about to hit $25,000. Again, my first Kickstarter, like... I am succeeding in all these ways that I could only have dreamed of even five years ago. And I'm still this, like, it's, it's not like I'm like, well, I'm a different person now. I'm still the exact same person with the exact same feelings. It's just, this is part of my life now. And I don't know if that would be the same with everyone, but yeah, since I was 15, I've always been like, yeah, I'm famous. You know, no one, no, no one has heard of me and no one knows who I am, but I've always lived my life with the expectation of a spotlight. But that's an expectation, right? You're saying you actually were like, I'm famous, people just don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Like, everything I did for for many, many years, I was like, and when they write about this later in my life, you know, when someone writes a biography of my life, I wonder how they'll look at this chapter. I am ashamed to admit it, but I deeply relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when I was in hospital, in a psychiatric hospital in for a little bit in 2014 and I remember my sister coming in and visiting me and I think the first time she visited me she was like well this will be this will be a good chapter for the book and I was oh like, my god <laughs> when I lived homeless which we talked about last week someone said that exact same like multiple people in different cities said that exact same thing to me they said this will be an interesting chapter in your biography which I think I think it's a good platitude actually it's an ego stroking platitude oh right um I don't know I mean I think maybe in the last year and a half, I've also realized how hard it is to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I'd ever do that. I'll see. For me, it wasn't. For me, it was people writing books about me. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Wow. Oh, okay. That's a new level of something. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I actually no, I hadn't considered it like that. Okay, I'm really glad that we're different on this. no i had just thought like maybe i'll write a memoir one day i have found two things that at some point we should not not on this podcast but at some point we should go through one of them is the first chapter of an autobiography i wrote when i was like 21 or 22 oh no i didn't write the whole thing i just wrote this first chapter and the second one and i think you will deeply enjoy this is my list of is like my bucket list written when I was 15 years old. Wow. Yeah, I want to see this. And I rewrote it when I was like 21 or something like that. And even then I was like, what the fuck was I thinking? I think nowadays my perspective of my 21-year-old list would be similar to my 21-year-old perspective of my 15-year-old list. 
But if we went right back to that 15-year-old list, I think we would both have our minds blown by 15-year-old Peter's aspirations and the insanity of them. Like, the sheer insanity of them. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that same way about what my aspirations would be at that age. Okay. I mean, I don't know. We will see. We We will see. see just quite how... Is magnanimous the good word for that? That is the correct word, yes. Oh, my God! Okay, I don't think I really know what that word means, but I'm glad that I... You you got it from osmosis. So, one thing... One thing I've been thinking about this podcast in terms of what I've learned about relationships is I cannot imagine how intimidated any girl I date from now on will be by you. (gasps) Oh, yeah. Like, I thought about this for the first time in the last week... Can you imagine dating me right now? I mean, no. And... <laughs> I, yeah, I just, I can't work out. They would, I think I would have to find someone who is totally cool about it because I think, I don't know. Do you understand Wait, what I'm saying? What are you talking about? You would absolutely have to find someone who's totally cool about it, Otherwise, I would get excommunicated. What do you mean? If you didn't find someone that was totally cool about it, it means you would find someone who isn't. And we know where that goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could not imagine dating someone who... Made me stop talking to you or whatever. Would that end a relationship for you? Oh, yeah. God, yeah. If they're like, I'm not cool with... I, I don't like being told what to do. Remember? Oh, yeah. I yeah, do not don't like, like being that. told what to do. That's why I really enjoy self-employment. That's why I really enjoy polyamory. And polyamory is more complex than that. But the thing that I could not do in monogamy is this idea of like, Hey, you kiss me sometimes. You are not allowed to kiss anyone else. I am the only mouth you can kiss. And I'm like, fuck that. Like, I cannot deal with that as an idea. Not even because I I do want to kiss other mouths, but the idea of someone telling me, hey, there is one thing that you're allowed to do, and it's this. When it comes to kissing, this is where they land. Everywhere else is off limits. I would be like, I don't care what context this is. Fuck that. Fuck you. I'm out of here. I cannot be told what to do. I have massive authority issues. But that's the thing that you've realized about your relationships. Not a thing that you've realized about relationships. Oh, I see. Okay, this is a tricky article to write. Isn't it? I mean, I can put in stuff about my relationships, but also it needs to be stuff about what I've learned about relationships. And what I find difficult is actually that the amount has made me realize that to start talking about that means to start from like somewhere so far removed from what normal expectations of relationships are. <laughs> Does that make sense? So when I'm like, what did I learn? I'm like, well, this sounds really arrogant, but I was, I think the fact that we would do this podcast sort of proves that we were never close to whatever the societal tropes are around relationships, which makes it hard to be like, this is what I've learned. Because I'm like, oh man, I started learning stuff ages ago. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, that's a really tough topic. That's why I'm like, I don't think I've actually really learned anything that much from doing this with you. But you learned a lot from being with me. No, I think I learned a lot from our relationship, but I don't think I've learned heaps about the podcast bit, but I've learned a lot more about people's reactions to the podcast. What kind of stuff? You get, you get a lot more mail than I do about this kind of stuff, so... You don't get mail about this? I've never gotten a piece of mail about this podcast. Wow. I've gotten some two-hour shared email address to both of us, generally with an outro attached, which is great, and I love that. But I've never, like, aside from maybe two or three people who I know who have just been like, hey, good podcast, like, I've never gotten 
Because you get fan mail about this podcast, don't you? Yeah, I mean, people say that they like it or they like particular aspects of it. Yeah. Right. People message you to say, hey, I like the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really get that. And I'm not complaining. It's just a fact. It doesn't Well, that's me. because it's usually like, hey, I really like the podcast or hey, I really like the podcast, but your ex is really annoying. How does that work? <laughs> not even a question. Just, just a statement. <laughs> I posted a link to this podcast in one of my Patreon updates to my smut writing public. So one person who writes me fan mail about my stories wrote me a piece of fan mail. And then at the end was like, I really like the podcast, by the way. I listen to it while I drive to work. That's the extent of fan mail I've gotten about this podcast. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mine's like pretty different to that. Yeah. A bunch of it has just been, you know, people like talking about how they appreciate hearing a conversation like this. So just stuff that we've talked about before on the podcast. Or people being like, I wish I could do this with my ex. I would never do that with my ex. Well, there we go. That's something you've learned about relationships. The reason why I'm like struggling with it is because that's kind of like the reaction that I get to most things that I do. <laughs> like last year, I did a project called The Girlfriend Experience where I took my bed to a festival and sat in it for eight hours and tried to fall in love with strangers, some people that I knew a bit, for eight hours. And because I was like, you can apply to do it. Here's the thing. Fill it out online. I had so many people that were like, I've always wanted to do this, but I've never like been confident or comfortable enough to like find someone to do it with me. Does that make sense? But how can you do that by without someone else? Is that inherently a solo activity? Falling in love with someone usually takes two people. Oh, I thought you meant taking a bed to a festival and falling in love with people for eight hours straight. No, no, no. Falling in love with people. How how could you find someone else to do that with you? (laughs) I feel like if I searched hard enough, I could find someone. I don't know how quite how it would work. It would be yeah, like a falling in work? love duet. You know how they have pianists who play duets with the two grand pianists? It'd be like that. I think this is substantially different. Yeah, it's a little bit different. But that's why I'm like, I don't know. All the things that I do make perfect sense to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then well, I'm like, oh, yeah, it doesn't make sense to other people to do that. Like at the moment, I've been collecting my tears for over a Are year. Are you still doing that? God. I'm still doing that. See? And like so thing. many people. Yeah, exactly. You, even you, you who are like have seen me do all of the weird things. You're like, that's a weird thing. More so, I think you're like, that's a waste of energy thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. It makes complete sense to me. It all makes sense okay. to me. Explain the, the keeping your tears thing. <laughs> So I don't actually have like a jar of tears because I tried that and that's really difficult to do and (laughs) it really impedes on the crying process. I don't know if you've ever tried to catch your tears in some sort of receptacle that it's awkward and one of the major problems was that I didn't cry enough, it kept evaporating. Um. (laughs) 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 So... What I do is I just always have tissues on me. Whenever I cry, I just, like, use some tissues and then I'll, like, write it down. I have, like, <laughs> sandwich pen. <laughs> okay. Now it does sound, like, a bit cat lady-ish. <laughs> but I have, like, sandwich bags and I put the tissue in the sandwich bag and then I write down what it was about. Anyway, I have hundreds of them. Hundreds of, of sandwich them. bags and notes. Yep. Does the note go in the sandwich bag or do you attach No, no. I make sure that I get the sandwich bags with the little white panel where you can write on it. Uh, Duh. Of course. Yep. 
But what is what is the end goal here? Okay, so when I first started, there wasn't a really clear end goal, which is kind of... <laughs> a little bit haughty. <laughs> no, but that's sort of like how I like to approach things. Like when we started this podcast, I was like, hmm, I don't know where this will go, but let's try it and see what happens. Getting back together. Episode 100. Hold out for it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> end game the shit out of that. <laughs> so it really started because I have a lot of kind of ideas around what I am as an emotional being that sounds very cosmic but it's not meant to be cosmic I mean I have a lot of beliefs around my emotional sensitivity and how I fit in the scheme of like human experience as in like I'm a person who cries a lot I'm sensitive blah 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 so the process of collecting the tears and documenting the whole thing was me being like, hmm, how do I look at this thing objectively? And one of the key things was that I was like, I cry a lot. And I was like, what is a lot? <laughs> you know? One truck of sandwich bags later. <laughs> I should get sponsored. But yeah, I was like, what is a lot? Like, just feeling like I cry a lot, that's not helpful because it comes with all this baggage around, like, emotional sensitivity, how that's useless, how that makes you weak, that crying is inappropriate or blah, blah, blah. It comes with all of this baggage. And I was like, wait, now, do I really cry more than most people? I have zero idea. No idea. You have some points to compare to. I'm not saying it's reliable, but... I have like some points to compare some to. Some data but, points. But only probably people that I've been in very close romantic relationships with. Most of them have been men. And that's not a very big group. It's not an extensive pool of data. Yeah, it's not an extensive pool of data. So realistically, of my own personal experience, I don't have that much to relate to. And I definitely don't have anyone else who would also describe themselves as crying a lot, I don't think. Okay. So I was like, how do I look at this objectively? And then I was like, well, I'm just going to document it and see what happens. And so I just did that and then... <laughs> Um, now, by it, document it, you don't mean document it. You mean store the tissues in sandwich bags. Yeah. And so now I have like, ooh. Are you looking at them right now? Yeah. I have like, <laughs> I have like five or six like cardboard boxes of tissues. <laughs> <laughs> and each of them, let's see what this one is. Ooh, I'm not going to read that one. <laughs> let's see what this one Why? is. Oh, no, not that one either. Because these are ones that, I'm just trying to find one that's not super depressing because I've been kind of depressed and I'm like, ah. So this one, I've been doing training in an intentional peer support and we did our last training day on Friday and I sound like such a crazy person right now and I mean that with love and respect to myself. And we were doing final presentations and people were doing presentations and they were just really letting themselves be vulnerable and sensitive and a guy sang a song and like half the people in the room were crying. So yeah. So that's like an example. So before we started recording today, uh, you had a little cry, which was fine. Is that a sandwich bag cry? Yeah. Did you write it down? I haven't yet, but I have it sitting in front of me. Okay. I have another one here from like when I was talking to you on Skype the other day. What's it say? Can you read it? Nah, it's really depressing. I mean, not that I think that 
it's really depressing. One of the things that was really weird was that a few months ago I went through and I photographed them all. Mm. I don't think you've seen these. Anyway, then I have all these photographs, but it also meant that I was going through all of these times that I had cried again and being like, oh yeah, I remember that. And also being like, I do not remember this shit. (laughs) (laughs) I do not remember this shit at all. And also bits where I was like, oh my God, there's this like, oh, I remember that point. Oh, that was such a bad relationship. Why was I doing that thing? And it's like all of this emotional labor is just lost. So in the beginning, I didn't really know what I'm doing, but now that I've been doing it for a long time and (laughs) I actually like it more and more. (laughs) I like the project more and more. (laughs) So my understanding of it before this conversation was just that you would cry and then put the tissues in a bag and put the bag in the box. Oh no, I would write down what it was about. Right. That changes things substantially. Now, to my mind, you could just write the things down, but I I get the physical, the, the, the tactile element of actually storing the tears. And I think that's kind of interesting. But yeah, my reaction earlier was to this idea of you just being like, I cry and I put it in a box. I have a box of tissues. Yeah, It's like the Reddit, like masturbation box. The cum box, yeah. The cum box. <laughs> Which just quickly is a story that's like quite notorious on Reddit for some guy being like, wait on, you guys use tissues? I just have a box. So I had heard of that for years and years because I've been on Reddit for years and years and always just kind of been like, I don't want to know about that. (laughs) As we talked about last podcast, I tend to avoid stuff if I'm like, this will make me unhappy. (laughs) And then in the last two weeks, I was like, you know what? I want to know. (laughs) Oh, I haven't been on Reddit in years and I've still seen it. I've reached the point of being like, I want to know what this is. So I went and found the original story. And it grew mold. That's the bit that really sticks with you. Like the box full of cum then also grew mold. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the trouble is that your premise is flawed. Wait a minute. What do you mean? I have been working on this project for over a year. Different premise. Oh, okay. Imagine if someone said, hey, you really like chopping up vegetables. Can you write a message about how chopping up vegetables has helped you learn more about life in the Middle East? (laughs) and you'd be like no i cannot (laughs) i mean i can but it will be either lies or very dumb yeah you haven't learned about relationships from doing this podcast you've learned more about your relationship with me and you've learned more about maybe your relationships and maybe you've learned more about how people view me or how people view the podcast or what it's like to do stuff consistently but you haven't learned about relationships like that whole field In the same way as last time you made your bed, you learned very little about dentistry. I don't think the things... This is like another one of your little, like, silly Peter comparisons where it's like, you know, because this thing is kind of like cutting a squid. And it just, like, that obviously makes no sense. It's a bad comparison. I forgot that you used to do this so much. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually... Oh, my God. I think it might be a pet peeve. Ooh. I'm just founding one. You're founding one. <laughs> Shut up. I think I think that it's mostly just I've I've learned more about expectations of relationships from what people have said, from the reaction, rather than we've learned stuff about each other. I don't make those metaphors to be a dick. That's genuinely how I see things. Like these comparisons aren't me being like, how can I win this argument? It's how, I, it's how my brain makes sense of things. That's fine. <laughs> Does it sound like it's fine? 
No. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just, I think I've learned more from people's reactions than about you. I mean, the other thing that we haven't talked about at all is stuff around like, and that we also haven't talked about on this podcast at all is like how my relationship with you affects the rest of my life and relationships has my relationship with you wait how does how does your relationship with me affect the rest of your life and relationships wait no i think i know what you're saying you're saying i'm so good that just everything else pales in comparison no i'm saying like just as before you <laughs> that wasn't were... it that wasn't right <laughs> that was not it um <laughs> i just sailed right through that nope actually no just as the same as before you were saying that there's gonna be this big kind of caveat for anyone that you have a relationship with because of my relationship with you that also happens to me and it's difficult I was actually really upset about this about maybe a month ago or something that because of my relationships with my exes your life would just I just don't imagine your life being like this but it feels like my life gets split up into little sections of people who shall never meet does that make sense i think you've talked about this before maybe maybe privately with me maybe not on the podcast what i find funny is like as much as i'm like yeah not normal totally outside the mainstream whatever here's this like real sticking point that i that i do genuinely find frustrating which is that i do have these relationships with a number of people that i have previously had romantic relationships with And there's like always this, not always, but often there's this impasse around how those relationships get reintegrated when they change, you know? Do you think that's a gender thing as to why it doesn't affect me as much as it affects you? No, I absolutely do not think it's a gender thing. I think it's a Peter thing. (laughs) Because, you know, you're like, I just like, so often when I talk to you, I'm like, I have this problem. And you're like, I just wouldn't hang out with people where that ever came up. And I'm just like, that is such a Peter thing, you know? <laughs> you're like, oh, I would never, I would never, I would never hang out with people who would have a problem with me. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something. I, so this is, a, this is a real one that I'm thinking. I would never date someone who had a problem with me being really close with an ex-girlfriend. But it's not so much... See, this is where the thing, it's not, it's not a problem, it's just like a blank spot. What does that mean? I've been working on pirate stuff, so I'm just picturing a map and I'm pretty sure that's not what you mean. No, it is kind of like a map where there's like delineation. So it's not like you can't be friends with them, duh. But it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm just not going to go over there. So it's like, if I wanted to invite all my closest friends to have a dinner together, that feels like not a thing that could be possible. Again, that's what I'm saying, though. I would never date someone who had a problem. And I think that's what that is. That is a problem with... Oh, okay. No, I see what you're saying. So I would never date someone... it's not so much about people that I'm dating, but people that I have dated, but I'm friends with now. It's it's more that I don't date people who, as an ex, would have issues with hanging out with my other exes. You are close friends with at least two of my exes. Yeah. But you... Often you come up with these things where you're like, well, I just would choose the person that wouldn't do that. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. These are only things that you know when the thing, the situation comes to be. It's also a type of person. I mean, yes, it's only stuff that comes up later, but I've also done it with very high accuracy. Yeah, but I think it has. I think it has more to do with yourself 
and how you behave and your expectations of people rather than them themselves. How so? Like, I'm thinking of one, one person that I'm friends with in particular, but I can imagine if the situations were turned, you would just react differently, you know, because I want to be like, yeah, I totally get that that's difficult. I'm going to give you the space oh, that you want okay. or you don't yeah, have no, to I come to this that. thing or blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you wouldn't do that. You'd just be like, if you want to see me come to this thing. Suck it up. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's not got to do with the people that you choose. It's just that the ones that you've dated who haven't been cool with that, so they that, leave. So that's a choice that you're making. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying like my relationship with you doesn't come without, it doesn't exist in a vacuum and it doesn't come without consequences on my other relationships. Like what? Like, like you don't have this situation where you have another serious partner at the moment. But I can understand it's challenging if you, you know, it's challenging for my partner that I'm, like, doing this with you. And I understand that. I would feel the same way. You would feel the same way? If my partner was doing a weekly podcast with their ex-fiancé, yes, I would find that challenging. I'm not saying I would stop it or anything like that. I'm just saying... It would be challenging. And clearly your currently partner hasn't stopped it. Yeah. He's waiting till episode 100. <laughs> <laughs> what would be challenging about it? I ask because I'm curious. Like, I just want to know these things because I like you and I like humans and I like understanding humans better. And these conversations lead me to understand humans better. I think that this has been a constant thing throughout our relationship always is people are like, why do you hang out with that guy? And I'm like... <laughs> Where I'm that guy. You are that guy. Because I'm fucking awesome. <laughs> I feel like that would just prove their point. <laughs> yeah, I would not hang out with those people. <laughs> but no, it's... Yeah, I, I get really annoyed when people are judgmental about that. Like, why do you... It's not like I'm destructive. No, If I was, like, no, no, sapping no. money from your they're bank not account. Saying, they're not saying, like, he's an awful person. They're just like, I just wouldn't do that. What do you say? Like, how do you answer that? I'm usually just like uh, ask them questions about their opinion. Right. And then I just rag on you a lot. Yeah, I can imagine you doing that. <laughs> I mean, like, I think in the way that you, like, you know how I talk about you. Like, yeah, people yeah. just like that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not annoyed or offended. I'm saying, yes, I imagine you would do that. I just mean there's like... Because you do. <laughs> there's different ways to take, you know, there's different ways to take different parts of people. Like, as in, I think it's really interesting that you don't give a fuck what anyone thinks other people would find that really frustrating yeah like you said i'm just very 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 self-selecting in that i am a person who will tell the truth all the time and so people who don't like people who tell the truth all the time will quickly not spend time with me it's not yeah but i don't i feel like that's too simplistic to say the truth right because it's not no no, no that was that was an example like oh okay all, all, right, all of the okay. things that i do i do the moment you meet me yeah. I don't like yeah. wait until I've known you for six months and I'm like, haha, I'm a Nazi. If I'm a Nazi, I'm a Nazi up front right from the start. I'm not a Nazi. <laughs> this is a really poor example. Yeah. But as a result, anyone who meets me is like, I know who this person is and I will know whether I will enjoy spending time with him or not. So does that mean if you were in a situation where like you were dating someone who didn't want to listen to this and who wasn't... Your partner, your partner doesn't listen to this, does he? Uh, no. That's so weird. Like what, would you, like, what would your reaction be? This is Okay, so I'm going to answer a different question then I'm going to try to answer that one. I don't think I would ever be dating that person. See, you always say this. 
<laughs> that's why I'm saying, like, I'm going to try to answer the question, but okay. like, the kind of person I would date would not be the kind of person who had a problem with this. You dated me. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure if I'd been doing this while we're together, you would listen to this podcast obsessively. You're actually, I think that you might be right. <laughs> <laughs> like. I couldn't imagine dating someone who didn't have that kind of enormous curiosity about me or about people or about relationships. But it's also that thing of like, like you said before, if you're like, oh, this doesn't, this isn't good for me and it doesn't make me feel good, I'm not going to engage with that. Right. What I'm saying is I wouldn't necessarily date someone who would have a negative reaction to me doing this podcast. There's, there's like a trait list of people that I would date and that is a trait that is not on there. <laughs> I like the idea that you have... You do actually have a list and one on there is like, would not have problem with projects done <laughs> with my ex-fiance. <laughs> I think anyone who I met and was dating seriously would have realized that this is the kind of project I would do and would have either be okay with that or have left. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's very self-selecting process. I just feel like that, like, what I'm saying is I'm in that situation and I'm in the between. As in you're someone who would have trouble with this podcast but still listen. No, no, no. I mean, as in like... Anyone who dates me knows that I do really, really weird projects. Yeah. Like collect all of my tears and stuff like that. But I don't expect them to not have any issue with it. <laughs> any issue with your tissues? Yeah. Well, I think about that thing, where, the project that I did where I was falling in love with strangers for eight hours. I'm like, if the tables were turned, I would be like, I would have some anxiety around that. Right, but... I wouldn't do that project is the thing, so it's hard for me to answer that. So I'm going to try to answer the question you actually asked, which is what would you do if you found yourself dating someone who had an issue with that? Yeah. And, you know, if I was in love with this person and they were like, hey, look, I should mention, I, I'm, really, I'm really trying to put myself in this situation. It's really hard because I'm like, but they wouldn't have an issue with that. Um, so I'm dating someone and they've said, Peter, I have an issue with this podcast you do with your ex. I don't want to listen to it. I don't want to think about it. I want this to be a blank spot. Yeah, I would, I would have issues with that. I would have serious problems with that. What would you do? Yeah, that's, I, I would explore why they had that issue. Yeah. It would almost certainly come down to insecurity. And I would reach the conclusion, I can't be the person who makes you feel secure in yourself. But what if it's not about security? What other issues are there? Like, like I don't, what, if why... it, what if they're like, I don't like you. Like, I don't like, I don't like that person. So if the issue is that you're dating someone who doesn't like you. No, 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 no. If the issue is that, <laughs> fuck, this is getting complicated. If the issue is that you are dating someone, okay, Peter is dating someone. It's called a steak bone. Who doesn't like me. SJ. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to preface this with, I genuinely cannot imagine ever dating someone who doesn't like you. <laughs> like... That's another trait. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trait. Must so, like SJ. We're in this world where I've started dating someone and fallen in love with someone who doesn't like you. How can they not like you? You're amazing. What don't they like about you? You're one of the best people in the world. Like anyone who doesn't like you is an idiot. I'm dating an idiot? I would stop dating an idiot because you're amazing. Are they a misogynist? It's really difficult because you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, but just pretend that I'm you. <laughs> okay, so I used to date me. And now I'm dating someone who likes me, but doesn't like me. 
it's difficult because you can't imagine it because as long as I've known you, there have been people in my life who don't like you. Who doesn't like me? Like a number of people. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like if anything, this podcast has proven that and that's fine. But it's like, it's this thing of like, how do you, how do you maintain a friendship like that? And the fact that we're exes makes it more complicated. Yeah, because it's not like they have to see me all the time or anything. Do you like me? Oh, don't ask me that question. <laughs> like, honestly, don't ask me that question. Do you not like me? Not because, the an- not because the answer is no, but because I feel like I would do a very shit job of answering it in a way that would indicate that I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you um, see where I'm going with that, though? Like, all the reasons I like you are universal reasons that people should like you or that they don't share your values, in which case they're people I don't care if they don't like you. Like... I can't imagine ever dating someone who doesn't like you because I think you're great for a lot of reasons. And if they disagree with those reasons, then we obviously have different enough values that it's just not going to work. But you don't like me in that same sense. Yeah, I I have a different opinion of you because my opinion of you is like, it's wow. I just had this weird moment of like realizing that this is our our real life. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, man, these characters are interesting. Oh shit, this is actually happening. This is actually happening. One thing that I've realized, like in thinking about all this stuff around what I've learned or haven't learned is that like, this isn't your practice life, right? This isn't our practice <laughs> relationship. We talk outside of this, but a lot of our real, like a, most of our conversations are on the podcast yeah. and everything that's in it is the real relationship. And I just like, I forget that sometimes. <laughs> You've got your headphones on you're talking to a mic and you're like, this is a fun little fantasy and world. And also you're like, over the other side of the world. You're just like an image on a screen, you know? Yeah. So I just had this moment of like, I'm going to say this thing. And then you're like, shit, he used to be inside me. Oh, God. (laughs) Jesus Christ. What is wrong with you? (laughs) See, this is why I can understand why people don't like you. Um, So I I just had this moment of realizing that I could say a very real thing that could really hurt you. And I just had that like, oh, yeah, because this is, this is real life. It's not... Yeah, but you can say the thing. What's the thing? I mean, I'm definitely going to say the thing. Okay, <laughs> but, um, uh, our audience just breathed a sigh <laughs> of relief. But I just mean, I, sometimes I forget, which is I like you, but I also understand why people might not like you. Why? Because, it's like, and it's exactly that thing why I'm like, if I met you now, I don't think that I would date you. Because... I think you have a lot of really great qualities, but qualities that are divisive for a lot of people. Okay, but but what you said was, I understand why people don't like you. Why do people not like me? Genuine question. (laughs) I feel like we dedicated most of an episode to this very question. I just want you to say some things. Okay, so like you're like really opinionated. Okay, but do you think that is a valid reason not to like me? Like, do you respect that reason of not liking me? Okay, so what I'm doing is I'm trying to think of people that I don't like and whether I don't like any of them because they're opinionated. (laughs) Because I feel like there's surely people that I'm like, yeah, not not into it because of that. My point is that whatever this list is, and you don't want to say the list for whatever reason, that's fine. Hey, I'm happy to say the list. I can keep going. So say, say some things. So you're really opinionated. You are, I would say, low down on the sensitivity scale. Not low down, but, you know, like, compared to most people that I know... You... Lacking finesse. 
I wouldn't even say that. I just think just a different place. I don't want shamey language on either end of the spectrum. A friend of mine said something really great this week of like taking that discrimination and switching it for another type of discrimination. So like taking that discrimination against people who are overly sensitive and then using it against people who aren't overly, like who aren't. Real women have curves. Yeah. Like, ugh, God, I hate that shit. Anyway, so it's like, to a lot of the people that I know, you're in a very different place in terms of like emotional sensitivity and that kind of stuff. You can be like quite alpha, and I know that you disagree with this, but you really can be. That was on our, our first warm up, everyone. <laughs> warm up number one was called Alpha. Subscribe to the mailing list and you can hear it. <laughs> I mean, some people are going to hate you for your shitty blue hair. <laughs> I mean, sorry, okay, I don't so, mean shitty so, blue no, hair. No, no. I mean, your hair. Doesn't bother me. So <laughs> I my mean, point your is, blue... whatever this list is, and I'm sure you can keep going. If there's stuff on there that you're like, I respect that and I also dislike people who do that, but I make an exception for Peter, fair enough. But I don't think that's the case. I think all of the reasons that you can find for people not liking me is stuff that you, SJ, don't agree with. I can imagine myself agreeing with it, with some of them, on a different person. Like what? The shitty blue hair. Like, particularly the thing of people who are out quite alpha and stuff like that, I can find really frustrating but again i think it's that thing of like our relationship is so different that all of those qualities i'm going to see in a really different way those qualities seen from a perspective where i know you less well can be really affronting and can be like uh that person's annoying but you know like i know you so well that it doesn't bother me so yeah i i I don't think that's what it is um i can't speak for you that doesn't make sense to my brain and so the, the point I was trying to make is that if I was dating someone who didn't like you, the reasons they didn't like you would either have to be because of a quality that you have or because of how they feel about how I feel about you. And I can never see myself dating someone who has either of those. And I'm not saying I'm going to date someone with exactly my point of view on everything, but I'm saying if they're like, I don't like SJ because she... Oh, I can't even think of a reason. No, but it's the what, same what, way what, in that, like, if I imagine, like, why people might not like me, might, people might be like, I don't really like how confessional she is. It's really not my thing. Right. Okay. That's yeah. a great example. So if, 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 if I was dating someone, they're like, don't like SJ, don't like how confessional she is. I would be like, oh, that's not a good reason not to like someone in my mind. At least that's not a good reason not to like someone if I am dating that person because <laughs> I am super confessional. Yeah. If someone's like, ah, SJ, I don't like this Peter guy because he's too alpha. And you're like, yeah, that is a really good reason not to like Peter. But what if someone's like, I just think that he's rude. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's not that thing. That's like this other thing. Sometimes you can be alpha to a point where... What does this mean? (laughs) What? Because I don't see myself as alpha at all. So you need to explain how I'm doing this. I mean, that relates to like, you know, the term emotional labor. Like when you have an emotional baby. Yeah. (laughs) It's what I do every Sunday. (laughs) Uh, What's emotional labor? So emotional labor is like, it's usually brought up in terms of conversations around feminism. Okay. I'm just going to not even try to explain it off the top of my head. Um, Emotional labor. Emotional labor is a requirement of a job that employees display required emotions towards customers or others. That's not the one that I'm thinking of. I like that you finished it anyway. You were like, this is clearly wrong. I'm going to commit to the whole definition and then be like, nope. Okay, so this is really talking about it in terms of like, <laughs> if you are like working at a checkout, you're paid to like 
pretend to be happy or whatever. <laughs> and that's not what you mean. That's not what I mean. A lot of it talks about how like a lot of emotional labor is expected of from women. Like in the same way that if you see a mum who's a single mum and she's like doing the mum stuff and like looking after the kids, blah, 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 and being really sensitive with her kids, you're like, yeah, that's a mum being a mum. And if you see a dude doing the same thing and being really sensitive with the kids, blah, 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 you're like, oh, wow, that dude is such a great dad. You know, he's so sensitive Right? And the expectations so, placed yeah, on the different yeah. genders and in terms of emotional like, sensitivity. In terms of your normal idealized family structure, it's usually the woman who it's her task to remember to get the gift from the family to the family friend. Or it's the woman's job to arrange the like, relational yeah. constructs. There's a really great article about this that I'll try to find because I read it and was like, oh, I think my relationship with SJ had elements of this, but I don't think that we really fit the, the traditional structure as much. Like, you do not remember birthdays. <laughs> oh, I'm so bad at birthdays. What's my birthday? December 10th. No. <laughs> it's not that. November the 9th? Very close. 8th? 7th. 8th? Ah, yes. What's mine? <laughs> it is July 25th. Ah, you're fucking wrong too. 21st. Yeah, it's the 21st. Yeah. Okay. I have another ex who's July 25th and I was getting confused. I have two exes that are December the 10th. And so I was like, it's probably... Am I one of them? <laughs> no. <laughs> or maybe I don't. Maybe I just always thought that I did. I have one. <laughs> anyway, I'm not very good at remembering birthdays. I can't even remember my families, except for my sisters. So go me. <laughs> Your twin sister. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that bit. <laughs> okay, so emotional labor. So do you understand what I mean by that? Yeah. Okay, so sometimes I feel like in terms of you... And how you go through the world. And this is me thinking again, like, this is my real relationship with Peter. This is my real life. There's like another conversation that's going on, which sometimes you miss. Yeah, I'm not great at subtext. Yeah. So whilst I'm like, Peter, he doesn't pick up on those cues. Some people interpret that as like really rude. Do they understand that I'm genuinely trying to pick up as much as I can? And that stuff needs to be spelled out to me. So I feel like with you, I've gotten to like see under the hood, right? So when I experience you, I experience the whole car of Peter, including what's <laughs> under the hood. Right. Because I'm like, ah, I understand how all of that works. Anyone who's just experiencing you, who hasn't been engaged to you and is used to sensitive people will be like, the hell is up with this car does that make sense right but my point still stands though that these are not good reasons not to like me they make sense but they're not reasons to respect like if someone was like look i really dislike peter because he wants to punch people in the face and i think that's a bad thing for a person to do you'd be like yes that is an amazing reason not to like peter but i try really hard to do good in everything i do i try so hard I went to the shops today and I bought free-range eggs. I don't care about chickens, but I know that it is the good thing to do to not buy cage eggs. So I try to do the good thing all the time. And anyone who's like, ah, this Peter. I can imagine people just laughing at that. I bought tampons today because I read this article being like, hey, if you're a guy, you should carry tampons in your bag. Because there will be times when someone needs tampons. And if you can be like, if you are the best version of yourself, you should have tampons in your bag. I didn't buy them to talk about it in this podcast. I did not expect it to come up. But the fact is, I want to be the best version of myself. 
I try so hard all day, every day to be the best version of myself. This conversation right now sounds so much like, you know, that thing of like, but I'm a nice guy. No, I'm not saying I'm a nice guy. I'm saying I desperately try to be a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, and if you can find ways I'm not being a good guy, I will change my behavior to try to be a good guy. I'm just like, when someone's like, Peter did this and blah, and I'm like, hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can understand why that happened because Peter is kind of like this. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? Does that make sense? That's, sorry, that sounded more accusatory than so, I meant to. No, no, no. I'm just... If someone said, I don't like SJ because of this, I would and indeed have said, oh, well, that's, you know, here's the reasoning behind that. Here's the thing. Wait what did you have to explain? So there's some people who don't like the way that you put all your stuff online all the time, like your thoughts and feelings. And when you do that video from when you're in the psychiatric hospital, some people were like, yeah, SJ did the, you know, went to a psychiatric hospital and of course made a video of it. And I was like, no, dude, that's how she processes stuff. Also that side of life is not exposed. Like, that is a good thing for someone to be doing. It's funny. my saying, hey. My initial reaction is like, fuck you. Me? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, to, to that kind of feedback, I notice in myself, my reaction is like, like, well, fuck you if you think that. But also, I'm like, I, I get it's not everyone's I understand where they're coming from. I just want them to understand where you're coming from. And people will hear that. And they'll either be like, well, I don't care that she's spreading a good word and doing good things. I still don't like it. In which case I'm like, oh, that is probably not someone I want to spend a huge amount of time with. Or they're like, oh, that makes sense. I didn't think of it that way. That's what I do when, when people rag on you or my friends. And if your reaction, when someone says, you know, Peter did this, you're like, yeah, he is a dick. That's sort of a dicky thing to do. No, no, no. That's not my reaction. If my reaction is like, oh yeah, I could see how you interpret it like this. I think it's actually meant like this. Or it's like, Peter functions like that because of this. Right. So if you say that to them and they're like, still don't like him, then that's that's a shitty person. Like, that's a, someone who's like, nope, I've made up my mind and I care not for new information for what I initially assessed with little knowledge is correct. But if some, then, I, I know, I just, it's difficult if someone has a little amount of information and it's also difficult because, like, we make judgments like that all the time. Yeah, but we shouldn't. Like, that's a bad thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I hang out with good people who don't make judgments like that all the time or are open to correction after they have. And that's why I'm saying I cannot imagine ending up with someone who is like, don't like SJ, she did this. And I'm like, well, here's the context. They're like, still don't like her. Either they're a person who makes judgments and don't care about new information. They're just like, the thing I, I assess with little information is correct, in which case I don't want to date that person. Or there's something else going on, in which case I want to sort out what the other thing is. And if it's jealousy, then that is also someone I don't want to date because I don't deal well with jealousy. I think my brain is tired. Okay, we don't have to talk about this. I mean, I'm just like, I suppose I'm not so aggressive about stuff like that. The company you keep. <laughs> no, I'm just like, I, I just am less like, well, you should not think like that. You know, I'm like, hmm, okay. I think a lot of the world's ills come from people being like, I have made this assessment and I am correct and no new information will change my mind. And those are people I just am not interested in hanging out with. And as a result, I hang out with some of the coolest people who have ever existed. Like you. No. Yeah. It's just very complicated. Like, I feel like you tend to be much more like black and white, down the line, robot person. You described yourself as a robot, so can I describe <laughs> you as a robot? You may, yes. Okay. I just enjoyed a robot person. <laughs> I'm like a conflicted individual, so I suppose I don't expect other people to be less conflicted than me. 
you know? So that means that I'm like... Conflicted is great. I love conflicted. People who are not conflicted are the problem. Yeah. I think that people in those situations can be conflicted. I just think it's confusing. <laughs> and I... Sorry, I didn't mean to break your brain. My brain is broken. Well, no, I just like, I just don't think I can keep having this conversation without being like, I feel like this is actually too personal. Not for, not in terms of you, but in terms of like me. We've also been talking for close to three hours now, so. Uh... Oh my God. Is anyone actually interested in this stuff? Can you tell us if this is actually interesting or if it's mind numbingly tedious? Because I can't tell. And if you gave us some feedback, then that would really help us to change what we talk about. Do you feel that way? Yeah. Well, I mean, I have changed based on feedback. You so do that. That is a thing that you do. Yeah, I think it's important because I don't care that people don't like me. I do care if people are having a negative experience. And that's a different thing. And as well as that, I've talked about this in a previous podcast as well as on the newsletter. Uh, I was listening to The Canon, which is a podcast with a guy and a girl. And the guy would just always attack the girl. And they seem like they're really close friends. And she had no issue with it. And she would, like, give it as good as she got. But listening to it, I felt so deeply uncomfortable that I was like, shit, I think I do that with SJ. I think I'm like, you're an idiot. I'm right. Ha, ha, ha. Look at how arrogant I am. Ha, ha, ha. Whereas when this guy did exactly those things, I was like, oh, I do not like this guy. Like, this guy is a fuckwit. Oh, Wow. It's like you found like an isotope of yourself. It's an isotope. You know, an isotope is like the same atoms, just in a slightly different structure. Oh, yeah. I've never understood what that was before. And so, yeah, genuinely, if you're like, this is interesting stuff, come online and fight about this more often. We will. And if you're like, please just go back to stories about when you broke up. That's all we care about. Like, talk about the bank teller that SJ tried to embezzle money from. I don't even think that counts as an attempt <laughs> to even do that. <laughs> But it was a very exciting and vivid fantasy. You can email us as a group at beinghonestwithmyex at gmail.com or you can message SJ individually on her Facebook page, Honor Eastley. That's H-O-N-O-R-E-A-S-T-L-Y. Today's outro is from Penny Evans. Uh, if you'd like to send us an outro, the script is in the show notes of every episode and SJ particularly likes it when you mess with the script a bit. I know. I find it really sad, actually, that you get all the emails and you look at all the outros because you can never be surprised with the outros. <laughs> Do you want to handle the email address? Okay, what if we make it this week? If you want to surprise Peter with an outro, send it to <laughs> us this week. I'm going to get the emails. Peter, you're not allowed to look at them. And let's just give Peter something fun. Or Peter, something to look forward to. Yeah, Peter... uh, being honest with Max at gmail.com. The script is in the show notes, but feel free to mess with it. SJ particularly likes it when people do. This is from the gorgeous Penny Evans. Do you know Penny? Yeah, she's really great. She listens to the podcast. Like, she was the, one of the first people I told the idea to. And she was like, I would listen to that. And she loves it. No shit. Yeah. Like I said, I cannot imagine dating people who. She's one of those people that likes me. She's one of those people that likes me. Imagine, like, hanging out or talking to people who don't like you. Okay. I'm going to find Penny. I'm going to ask her. Anyway. Thanks for listening to Being Honest with My Ex. If you've enjoyed the podcast, subscribe to us on iTunes, leave a review, and tell your friends. Peter is my favourite son. <laughs> I didn't even believe her when she said that last bit. <laughs> you did that last episode. You no, can't do that every like episode. No, but like more with this one.
<laughs> I believe her less. She actually recorded that like four or five times, she told me in the email, because she was worried that she sounded too sexy. Oh! <laughs> so after like a couple of episodes ago where I said that someone sounded a bit smarmy and then I got really embarrassed that that might have been mean, I've been like, don't say something, just don't say anything. Just nothing at all. <laughs> no comment. That's what the podcast is. It's me not reacting to stuff. I feel like that's what we could say about you. What? I mean, you don't not react to stuff, but you know, you're blue head robot man. You're like, this is me living my life. Just like not having intense feelings about stuff. you pick up that pen and start stuff. clicking again? No, it's a USB stick. <laughs> Before we started, I said, please throw that onto the bed because you will pick it not up and play with it. Not that one, something else. <laughs> Uh, so thank you, Penny. Um, Thanks, Penny. You can find us at beinghonestwithmax.com. Subscribe to our mailing list. Listen to our warm-ups. Uh, send us an email. Let us know what you want us to talk about. We are totally open to feedback. SJ, do you have what you need for your article? Oh, I feel like I have less than I did before. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have negative, negative By the time things. this comes out, that article will be out. So you'll be able to link to it in the show notes and people will be able to be like, oh, that's what she got out of this. Intriguing. <laughs> well, I actually think the, the editor that I work with listens to this. Oh, right. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to like... <laughs> She'll see how the sausage is made. <laughs> what goes into the sausage? Oh, my God, it's horrifying. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And thank you, SJ, for being a wonderful co-host who I love. Aw, thanks for being Peter. That's what I'm very good at. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye-bye.